Do you ever get compared to other female singers? Other female singers, I feel like it's something that you have to face, especially if you wear the hijab. Hi, welcome to the Creative Curry Podcast. My name is Dinesha. I am a storyteller and writer, and I am on the search to find the recipes behind a creative life. So what we're doing is we're bringing in creatives from all industries into the studio for me to interrogate them. I mean, question them and have conversations with them about the work they're doing and the stories that they are telling. This episode's guest is Suhaila. Suhaila is a singer-songwriter who's been writing her own songs since she was 16 years old and now takes on an alternative R&B soul vibe. Today, she has performed at a number of events around Klang Valley including featuring at Merdekaria and even at Rio in Ipoh. Her first single is estimated to be out by the end of 2019. In the conversation today, we talk about the thought process of an artist who's constantly trying to grow and improve and get better. Usually, when we record with a guest, we have a little pre-conversation just to break the ice. But the pre-convo with Sohaila was so good, we made it part of the episode. And towards the end, Sohaila shares two of her original songs called Will You Still? and Usah Kau Pergi. So, here's Suhaila. I'm like, I played at Jalan Dalam a few of my songs that I've never played before and I've never played again since. So it's just that one time. Wow. You basically like, sometimes it's just to get it out of my system. You know, you write, sometimes okay, it's okay. not even to like show people. It's just yeah. for you to let things yeah, out, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, like catharsis. Yeah, so whenever I decide, which, you know what, I think I want to try playing this song. Um, I don't know how it's going to go. It's still like something new that I write, you know, like probably out of like suppressed emotions or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're probably like super sad then you wrote something or you're like super angry then you wrote something and you don't even know if you want people to listen to it. Mm. But like those kind of songs, I feel like gives me more nerves when I decide to perform because it's like very personal. And you're basically like, try, like opening up to this group of people that you barely know. Mm. So it's kind of nerve-wracking. Uh, but... In a way, it's kind of cool because it keeps you going. Then you know, oh, okay, this kind of song, people will also like. And then some songs, you know, it's not, it's not that it's a bad song or it's like bad lyrics or whatever, but maybe it's not everyone's cup of tea. Yeah. So it's up to you, like, as a person who writes, it's up to you, you do you want to put this out? Or is this just going to be something you keep for now? Maybe over time, you'll come back to it. It'll feel more relatable to people. So some things are like that. Some songs are like that. But I like to go to open mics because I can experiment with these things. Yeah. Because when you get paid gigs, you're basically like tired to like, oh, people are paying to see me. Yeah, so there's a certain expectation. Yes, yeah, well, so right? there's a certain yeah. expectation. You have to put on a good show. You have to choose the songs wisely. Like, you can't just see people. Because sometimes I think like, I usually ask, because sometimes Maya asks, oh, you not perform tak at this place? Because mm-hmm. they're asking. And I'm like, oh, who else are playing? Because I don't want to be like short sendiri. Like, oh, just because I have my own songs, I want to perform. And then like you perform with a bunch of other people that, and then you're like so out of place. Right. So okay. it's, it's not wrong, but you have to think of the people who come and pay for the show yeah. also. So you want to be fair yeah. to everyone. You can't just say, oh, I'll take whatever I can get. So sometimes you're like, oh, who's going to play? It's like, okay, that's actually kind of cool. Like, I know the other guys also. I know the bands yeah. also. I know the other performers. It'd be nice. So yeah. That said, I feel like I try to challenge myself most of the time. Like Murdi Karya was like a one hour slot no breaks in between. They even said, say that to you, you know, when you confirm with them, they're like, so it's a one hour slot, roughly how many songs? No breaks in between. So I'm like, oh, one hour straight, that has to be like tiring. But if you think about it, people perform for like one hour yeah, straight. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they even say like, but if you think one hour is taxing, think about where you're planning for the future. Yeah. You can't keep on doing like 10, 15 minutes all the time. Because at one point, you're going to have like a bunch of songs, you're going to have your own crowd, you're going to have to eventually perform longer sets. So I'm like, oh, this is like, I was dying inside, but I also want the opportunity. Yeah. So I jumped on it. We didn't really have enough practice, but it was also like me experimenting, playing with the band for the first time. So much. Um, then after I tried it, then you know what to improve on. If you don't try it yet, like what, what do you know? Like, do you know what to do then? So I've learned the hard way that if you feel like you can, just give it a shot, then you improve afterwards. If you keep on like staying in your head, oh, I, I don't want because I'm afraid that it's going to be a, like this, it's going to turn out like this, but you don't, you haven't done it yet. So like, 
this past year is me just like going for things I wouldn't usually go for. I actually even like used to say no to people <laughs> because like I can, but like I'm so scared. It's like I'm sorry, I actually have other stuff going on when I do it. My weekend was totally free, <laughs> but I was like so nervous. I'm like you know what, I don't think I can do it. <laughs> so like I'm like okay, sorry, I have to like say no or like sorry, I have to like uh, cancel and like find other people. But then you're basically closing the doors that people are like willing to open for you. So yeah, it's scary at times. It still is scary. I don't even know half the time what I'm doing now even <laughs> I'm like still learning I'm like still learning like learning from other people just go for more experiences just trials and errors but I think that's the beauty of it mm. you just keep on learning you do more you learn more then you'll get better eventually but if you just like keep on like holding on to the thoughts like, I don't think I'm gonna be good so I'm not gonna do it then when are you gonna ever get better yeah yeah I would imagine like even with a one hour show you would have probably like realized something massive about your stamina, no? Yes. Right? Like I mean like <laughs> the biggest improvement I've seen like for myself singing is projection. Like when you sing your vocal projection because people used to come to me after I sing like on an acoustic set even just on an acoustic set not even with the band band they'd be like oh, you were good but like like we couldn't really hear you. Oh. Like it's like it's okay but like you were so soft. But I think I told Maya this, I said, it's probably like me being so nervous. And I'm like, maybe if I don't sing too loud, people won't hear my mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> like they know, like, oh, somebody is singing, she's singing. Like, yeah, she's good. But like, she, they won't hear like all the small mistakes. Right. But now I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to be bolder. And even if I mess some parts up, it's okay. Because eventually you're going to mess up. I mean, like we're just human. We can't be perfect all the time. Even if you've had like, how many hours or how many days of practice if it's gonna happen out of nerves it's still gonna happen but just because it's kind of messing up shouldn't be like you don't want to give your best so like I feel like the biggest like lesson I've learned is like just give your best either way even if you're gonna mess up at least even if you mess up one part people say wow you did good even if you messed up a bit but that's normal and mm. people will appreciate the fact that you tried your best Right. Um, Sue, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I was just the whole week because I saw you at Rio the other day. Yeah, yeah. And I was just thinking, you know, how do I <laughs> collab? How is it that I was also wearing this? <laughs> no, I, I, I don't remember. <laughs> I honestly don't remember. But I remember like after seeing you and then we were texting each other and I was just like, damn it, I want to work with Sue. How do I work with her? Like, like, what's the collab? And then my brain... Then I was looking at my notes and I was like, you've written her name as a guest for the podcast. Mm. Like, call her. <laughs> and I was like, hello. So cool that you actually already have my name. Yes, I already like, had your name down. Because <laughs> I think when I wrote the list, we were already working together. Yeah, yeah, For yeah. popular yeah, yeah, gig, yeah, yeah. right? And so I already had your name down. I was like, okay, I know who to call. <laughs> Let me just, you know, slip of mind and yeah. things like that. So, you know, the podcast is called Creative Curry. Mm -hmm. uh, so we start with what I feel is a very important question. Where can we find the best curry? Where can we find the best curry? Yes. To be honest, I don't go out and eat curry as much. Okay, it's so just my mom's at, curry at ooh, home. Like what, what curry at home? What, what is it? Like, like I don't know. Usually it's just fish. ayam curry. Oh, okay. Yeah, chicken curry. Okay. Outside? Like, I don't. I mean, because we can't I exactly have our listeners come to your house and can. makan mom's curry. To be can. honest, I don't eat out that much. Okay. So I really don't know is the answer like to that. Is it like a jagger voice thing? But, okay, but ah, okay. we went to this one place that my mom really wanted to go to because the curry kepala ikan is apparently so Ooh, good. Okay. But I don't know. What, I don't remember what was it. It's like a stall by the roadside somewhere. In, I don't know where is it. Eh? But it's somewhere in the... PJ area also, I think. PJ area got roadside stalls? I don't know. It's like a really like... Secluded. Is it Bangsa? Oh, is it Bangsa? Oh, it's probably Bangsa. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, producer, yeah. My producer Safwan knows. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> He's yeah. like, Bangsa! But because people were lining up. I, I don't know. Oh, wow. I think it, it was good. Like, it's very okay. heaty, very like creamy, good kuah curry. Right. With the kepala ikan. It was good. And that's all you have with Nasi puteh, panas-panas. Okay. That's all you need. Nothing yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's, it's on point. And it's a surprise that my mom was up for it, like lining up for the curry kepalikan because usually she's like, ah, too many people, let's go somewhere else. <laughs> but because she saw like people sharing around, it went viral for a bit. So she's like, macam best je, everyone is lining up for it, mama nak rasa. Macam okay, let's go line up. But the line was moving like it wasn't like so yeah. bad. But okay, like, it was, it like, was worth lining up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The curry okay. kepalikan was good. Nice. Mm. 
Do you are you like not say, recommended on a very hot afternoon? Because after that you'll be like <laughs> just like dying, sweating, and like oh why did I eat a very hot and tasty curry on a hot Malaysian afternoon? <laughs> not helping. So now when can you go and makan? Like exactly. are we like permanently hot? <laughs> when it's winter. Because I don't think it's open at night, so I also don't know. Maybe it's just a Malaysian thing. Eat benda pedas pedas. Tengah-tengah yeah. hari panas-panas And then just sweat yes. it out <laughs> Sweat it out That's, that's basically it. one week's worth of sweating <laughs> <laughs> Tak perlu pergi sauna Okay, tak perlu Just, just, yeah, just have, have curry kepala ikan <laughs> Curious, did you grow up like as a very creative kid? What was I, your... I would say, yeah I have always been like um into artsy and craftsy stuff Even when I was a Little girl. I mean, singing-wise, my family always usually had. We usually have like karaoke family gathering. We usually go bowling after the bowling session. Then we go karaoke. Wow! And then like I was like so small. I think like um ten, even like nine, ten years old. We were already like going out and singing at the karaoke place. <laughs> so that's one thing. And then when I was in school, I was involved in like. A lot of stuff, co-curricular activities that involve like um, singing, choir. Um, I dance, traditional dance, like the Malay traditional dance mm. in high school. Um, I joined the drama club. Then like we had like a play. So I've always been like into the arts field. Although like I had to take pure science because back then in my school the teacher won't let me take the arts stream. Arts yeah. stream. So much um. But I find other ways to you know like. Put my like creative needs yeah. <laughs> up there, <laughs> so I joined all these other things. Um, but I think choir was like one of the biggest thing that made me decide like, oh, I'm actually into this, like singing and music. Because when I auditioned for my school choir, I actually didn't couldn't even like hit the note properly when they auditioned oh, me. Because right. I've never tried that at home. I've yeah. never tried it ever. Yeah. So your brain is just like, what do I do with the note she's hitting? And then yeah. my friend who was on the piano was like, oh, you just try to imitate the note with your voice. So I'm like, oh. And then like, okay. So then like, ha, ha. Then like she goes with like the scale. And then like, oh, okay. Then this is cool. And then like, you know, finding out harmonies, being in a choir. And then like, there's soprano, there's alto, basically. So like that, th- those were the things that I think made me realize that, oh, I'm into this. And then, yeah. Okay. Did you you grow up like learning instruments? No, actually, ah. I've never learned any instrument. My my parents weren't the kind of parents yang macam oh we're gonna put you through music class. It's basically if you want it, then later on you decide. But they're not the kind of macam okay, just go for music class because you know some parents, some families are like that. Yeah, like you know yeah, seven yeah, yeah. years seven years old okay go yeah go piano. even when since they're like so young you know just for music class because they think it's good for the kids to like. I don't know their brain thing, brain neurons, whatever. I don't know. Really, brain like, neurons? <laughs> I, I feel much. I'm like, I just want to pad up their resume and <laughs> but in like it, ten so years I, time. I think sometimes um, parents do that because it also teaches kids discipline, and like you know, yeah, practice, true. practice, practice, and then discipline in like holding the instrument, like practicing the piece. So I think it's also it teaches them discipline in a more like fun way somehow. But I only started picking up the guitar actually when I was. 16 I think My dad had this Acoustic guitar at home He plays the guitar also Back in his younger days Like you know lah guys right Jam-jam-jamming yeah. On the guitar Nyanyi-nyanyi My dad is also like A person who suka nyanyi-nyanyi Did he use it to Woo your mother? I honestly don't know Maybe wow. I should ask him that right? Yeah <laughs> Like you know Maybe there's like a secret like, Yeah but music He had video. this like This like a tile A plate of Like a small tile That he drew on That he gave to my mother, like wow. he drew like a like a cartoon with a dialogue. Um, it said, "Bukan senang nak senang sayang oi." Wow. Which is like actually, it's like a good reminder for us. Like, "Bukan senang nak senang." It's like it takes a lot of effort to love. Yeah. So like he gave that to my mom. So much like, I don't know. I guess maybe like some of the creative blood that runs in me comes from my dad also. Yeah. But yeah. So basically, he had a guitar at home. I just decided to like, you know what, I'm gonna try. And strum this guitar. I bought a book of guitar cards, and then back then we already have YouTube. So I just like searching up on YouTube how to play chords, and then like see how the fingers are on the fret, which string, which finger for which string, 
and I get frustrated a lot of times. I like bang the guitar on my bed because I'm like, ah, I cannot get it right. It keeps on like sounding so weird and buzzy. But I always take myself back to those days to remind myself like, you try hard for this. Don't stop yet. Yeah. You know, just keep going. Because like, it reminds me of like, oh, the first time I learned the guitar was really hard. And like, there will be more first times of learning new stuff. And it's okay, you get there some someday. So yeah. So self-taught, the you you being able to play the guitar now is completely self-taught. Um, self-taught for the most part. When I was seventeen, I tried to take up a guitar class for a bit, like a few months, um, which was like the kind of guitar with nylon strings, basically ca- classical guitar. Okay. And then you read the notes and everything. I don't know how to read notes now. I've completely forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If you put it in front of me, I can like, uh, okay, what do I do with this? But it taught me the practice part and the discipline part because my music teacher, I went to, I think it's like a music school somewhere in Ipoh. So like, he's like, you didn't practice, did you? Oh God, he can tell. Yes, he can tell if you just practice last night, if you just practice this morning, mm. if you didn't practice the whole week, he can tell by the way you play. So I was so scared. And then I stopped, I quit the class because SPM was coming near. Do you ever feel like... Um, your do you, is is your family like incredibly supportive of your artistry? I feel like, yeah, f- uh, for the most parts, yes. Uh, but there are times where I sometimes question, like, it, are my parents okay with this, with me pursuing music? But so far, they've been nothing but supportive. And sometimes I'm I get a bit like scared to tell them, oh, I have like shows happening. I used to be like very like reserved, like I don't tell them much but in like the smallest ways they show that they are actually okay with it like for example my mom actually stopped me from having durian because she said it's not good for the voice because you know when you eat too much durian and then you sakit teka mm. or like your body gets heaty yeah. then you, you cannot sing so much like, although she doesn't say it like oh I'm okay I'm support I'm supportive of you wanting to, you know, sing and do music. But she does these small things, you know, that sometimes you tak perasan. But if you think about it, those are the ways that they show them that they're okay with what you're doing and they're actually being supportive of you. Yeah. Because I imagine it's not easy, right? Like the fact that they're going to be like, their daughter's out, she's out at night, yeah, yeah, going yeah. for gigs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even back then, I have to like, you know, let them know that it's okay, uh, who I'm going to be with where like if I don't come back home if I'm staying at my friend's place I let them know so like they don't worry because like anak perempuan you know how it yeah. is but like, are you the eldest? Uh, I am actually the second child but okay. I have an elder brother so I'm the eldest sister basically yeah. and I have like other younger sisters below me so yeah just have to be like you have to be wary about like how you communicate with your parents like basically like for me personally like they're okay as long as you know you let them know like if you just like disappear and they don't know what's happening to you then they'll start to worry and then like it'll stress you out when they like start calling you and texting you and you know you just basically like be mindful like and like you know be more like thoughtful like let them know ahead and they're okay with it actually mm. yeah because so I can imagine far. like you know halfway through a set and your mother's calling yeah right, right? Like, <laughs> <"Mane> you? <laughs> yeah because like not all the shows I perform are like you know at suitable places for me to ajak my parents to come watch. Yeah. Especially like, you know, like now the gigs are like, you know, like some gigs are like really crazy. It gets really like, you know, the youngsters. <laughs> yeah. You know, budak-budak-buda semua sekarang. So I like walked in with, yeah. her, with her walking stick tadi. Yeah. But like, um, sometimes I get, you know, like small performances at like cafes. Then I'll try like, oh, I'm going to perform at this cafe next, next week. Like kalau korang nak datang, lepak makan, lepak minum, tengok kakak nyanyi. Then they'll be like, oh, nah, nah, nah. Actually, they're so excited to come and watch. But because, you know, I know that other event spaces are not suitable. It's not like a really like a family space or whatever. But, you know, other places that, you know, they're okay to come. I'll like ask them if they want to come and they're usually like very excited if they're free, they'll come. Okay. Mm. Do you ever feel like you have to censor yourself? Censor in what sense? As, a, as like a singer, songwriter. Um, I mean like censor what? Words? Words? Or? I don't know. Yeah, words. Yeah, I think I'll, I think I'll go, like, I'll jump one step further. <laughs> right. But like just from like a writing standpoint, Writing you ever standpoint, feel? I feel like so far, I don't feel the need to um, because most of the time, it's just you um, letting out your emotions. 
and people can take it however they want to. Um, you can relate to it however you want to. It's basically like the beauty of art, basically. You know how people perceive the art and it can be one way or the other. And I have no problem with it, to be honest. You know, I can write it based on you know, my own experience, but sometimes people will listen to your song and they relate it to their own experience, which, is, which could be completely different than what I went through. But somehow, they feel like the song is relatable. And I think that's beautiful, because if it helps you go through whatever you're going through, it's rewarding for me also, as a person who writes a song and sings the song, and you listening to my song, and you feel like, oh, this song resonates with me, what I'm feeling in the moment. And although, initially, that's not what the song is about. But I feel like it's cool that it works that way. Even me, myself, I listen to songs. I don't even know what the song is initially about until maybe I Google about it or if there's an interview yeah. on it. But when I first heard it, I probably like relate to it like to other experiences in my life. And like the song is actually helping me deal with these emotions or feelings in a way. So yeah, I don't mind people if people think like, oh... The meaning of your song ni a bit mm, controversial ke? Tapi macam, I don't even have any controversial song okay. so far. But I actually would like to tap into the idea of writing songs, you know, like putting out your opinions or like views yeah. on the world or like more like issues rather than just you pouring out emotions alone. Like for example, Alicia Keys had this song here. We are here, we're out here for all of us. She even men- mentioned Gaza, yeah, Syria in yeah, the song. And yeah, I think yeah. that's a really beautiful way of like using music to get these messages heard. So it's not just like about you. It can't always be about love. It can't always be about family. It can't always be about friends. Sometimes it's about other bigger things in the world that is happening around you. And I think it's a great way to also like, you know, reach out to people. Sometimes people don't realize it until they look at the lyrics. Oh, this song is actually quite deep. Like, you're probably just seeing it for fun. Yeah. You probably don't realize that it, there's actually an underlying message. So, yeah. Right. And have you started writing those songs? Um, not yet, but I am trying to. So far, I'm just like, mostly it's like emotions and like, you know, processing my own feelings. Um, but I would like to like try to like expand my creative abilities or like my creative writing style into like those type of songs because I find it very interesting and fascinating. What is what what is creating a song like for you as a singer songwriter? Like, is it the tune? Does mm-hmm. it come like? Is there a process? Does the tune come first? Does it come together with the lyrics? For me personally, if I write just for like you know like not for anything specific, sometimes it comes as you know lyrics first. Sometimes it comes as like oh I have this tune or melody in my head, and then I probably just sometimes hum on my phone, phone and like it. I record an yeah. audio note. Or, you know, sometimes I just, like, have a few lines of lyrics with already, like, a rough melody. So I'll just, like, sing to it into my phone and record it. And then when I get back, I'll try to play around with the guitar, with the chords, and see how can I feed it or where can I change, and then add on more on the lyrics. Most times, it's like that. Um, Sometimes, uh, you have to write for other things. Like, I used to... Back in UITM, um, my friends uh, had like a theater play. So me and this other friend of mine, we were called to get involved in the play in the sense that we write the music huh? that is to be played. Okay. So is it, was it a musical? Uh, it's not a no, musical. Okay. It's actually like a full-on theater Just, play. Okay. Yeah, but there are a few scenes where they want music to be yeah. played like in the background. Yeah. So it's cool that the director or producer of the play actually thought of you know what we should call people who write songs and actually write songs based on the story based on the scene or based on the script or based on the character so it's kind of a nice collaboration because you know usually like plays we just play most songs or it's just like um, instrumentals yeah but this one they wanted to have like lyrics Mm. so like yeah so in that sense, then we have to, we actually joined them when they went out for um, character building and everything. And we listened to how they go back and forth talking about the character. And like, you know, you pick up, I actually wrote, took notes uh, in my notebook and actually just jot down few words or keywords that I think would help when we write the song. 
And it was a fun process, I think. I would probably like to try that again in the near future or in the far future because I feel like it's an interesting way to challenge yourself, like how you write. Yeah. So it's not just you writing what you feel. It's also about like capturing uh, others' feelings or capturing a story and how do you put that in a song. So it's, it doesn't really come from your own emotions or your own feelings, but how do you capture these other people's like, you know, how they want it to sound like and how do you, like, put that out in in a piece of song. Yeah. I think it's pretty cool. I, yeah. I think it's... Uh, my brain is just... <gasps> ideas! <laughs> how can I collaborate with Swile after this? Okay, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, because you do theatre also, Yes, right? I do. Theater I do theatre, yeah. Because yeah. uh, the first play I did, um, Silk and Strings, we actually had a violinist and mm-hmm. she we gave her a character yes. and then she composed the music for the yeah, whole play yeah, as well. Exactly. And so that was like, for me, was just such an exciting way to combine music with like theatre. Yes, yes. In, and because she was, she's a musician, mm-hmm. right? She is a musician. She manages bands and things like that. So to have her collaborate with us, I think just brought music that was very different from like traditional theatre mm. spaces. Mm-hmm. True. Like the usual composers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it gives something extra for the audience to experience as well. And it helps the people who are actually in the moment, like they are acting or like they're in their characters. It actually helps them like be in, be in the story more because the song is actually like composed or written for yeah. that particular it, scene it or for that particular character. Emotion. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So I think it's an amazing way that you can create that, you know. Yeah. Cool. I actually now miss it, like miss doing that. You know, like having to like challenge yourself to, uh, how do I put this in, you know, a piece of song or a piece of music? Yeah. Okay. Back back to censorship. Because mm-hmm. um, you present this very Malay Muslim female. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Like I think that's, that's also where I was going actually. Yeah. But then we got sidetracked. Yeah, no, I, was, I was definitely going to come back there. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so let's talk a bit about that, like that censorship. Is there a censorship? Do you feel it? I honestly, I actually feel it. Obviously, because I'm also like a person with a hijab on. Yes. So I feel like you represent a certain um, kind of um, person, a certain image. Like, but people just assume that, oh, you won't like, you know, be very out there. You won't say certain things. And sometimes I do censor, even if I do song covers. Um, sometimes I censor the, all the like profanities sure, out sure. because it's just like, you know, like it's better mm. for everyone yeah. and for myself also. <laughs> but given the situation, like if I'm performing at spaces that, you know, there aren't any kids around or, you know, the crowd is just like accepting of these things is not a big deal, I wouldn't mind. I'll just like throw the words okay. out anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like it's not like you're cursing someone specific. It's just an expression of like you know emotions it adds to those things like it adds to how the song feels because if you have to like sing and then like you have to cut out yeah. or you have to put in another word it doesn't mix the whole line just makes a different kind of sense so yeah okay i'm not the type who would shy away from it all the time but I don't mind it depending on situations. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it, it just really depends on the crowd and the, the yeah, yeah. scenario. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's like that. Yeah. Okay. Right. And so is that also some thought in terms of how you dress? Mm-hmm. Like, is it... So this is more less censorship, more like from an artist standpoint. Mm-hmm. How much of it is... This is me as an artist, mm. as a brand, and me putting all of these components of my clothing and the way I look together. Yeah, yeah, faham. But like, for me, I, I sometimes think I have to think too much about it. But then I learned over time that the biggest, the biggest point that I have to focus on is, am I comfortable wearing it? Do nice. I feel good wearing it? When I'm performing, will it be a nuisance? Or like... Am I free to move? Or like, will I feel like, oh, people are watching me and they're going to see me wearing this and they're going to say this and that. If you don't feel good and if you don't feel safe wearing whatever you're wearing, don't wear it. Yeah. Especially if you're going to perform. I mean, like on, a, on normal days, it's up to you what you want to do. Sure. But if you have eyes on you, if you feel like what you're wearing is going to like be uncomfortable for you, then don't do it because it'll actually show. But for me, for the most part, I, whatever I wear is usually what I'm comfortable wearing. Um, if you're talking about the leather jacket (laughs) if you're talking about the leather jacket it's just that I'm into these kind of things I like like some sort of edginess to my outfit so it has nothing to do with oh I want to look like I am a rock star or whatever it's just like a personal personal preference kind of thing like 
I won't just wear it to a show. I sure. actually will wear it like now. Okay. Even if I just go out for like a few minutes or just an hour, if I want to wear it, I'll wear it because yeah. I like it. Yeah. So it has nothing to do with like, oh, I want people to look at me a certain way. Okay. But I think moving forward, it's also something to think about. Like you, like you said, like branding yourself and everything. I used to always wear like a lot of black and now I'm more conscious about it whenever I perform. If most of my backing musicians are going to wear like mostly dark colors, I can't be wearing like fully dark color also yeah. because then I'll just like blend in, blend right? in. Yeah. like you don't stand out. So now it's like a more, con- I more consciously think about what I wear. So, okay, if they're going to wear a lot of dark colors, I'll probably like, now I have like a pink shawl on or like my top won't be black or like my if my pants are already black, then I won't wear head to toe black. So over time, I'll like slowly like adjust okay. to it. Yeah. Because, yeah, Cause, yeah I, I think what you brought up about comfort is very important because mm-hmm. you always feel very, you always seem very comfortable mm-hmm. in whatever you're wearing. Yeah. Like it's always so well put together. It's effortless. Yeah, it yeah. looks effortless. <laughs> but you. I'm just like, does she think that about this? Does she plan is just like, but it's like every every shot is an OOTD. Because, because I have a friend who used to plan her outfits. There are yeah. people who actually plan they plan on their phone even. Wow. They have apps for okay, it. Okay. Like with this whole week, I'm gonna wear these outfits for each day. And I'm not that kind of person. But I try to have pieces that I can mix and match. Yeah. Just like right off the bat and it still looks like a Suhaila. Right. Not trying to be like whoever else. <laughs> right, right, it right. still looks like a Suhaila and a Suhaila is comfortable and that is all that matters. Right. And you still look nice. You yes. still look presentable. Yeah. Like you still look okay. Yeah. People will look at you and like, you just came out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think your comfort in that outfit helps yeah. because then it, it just you're just comfortable you're yeah, like, yeah. You know. especially if you're going to like interact with a lot of people you don't mm. want to be like oh, I don't want people to see me right now so I always make it a point that whenever I leave the house I'm in something that I don't mind people seeing me in like even if it's just a pair of sweats and pants if I don't mind people seeing me and I'm comfortable then I'm fine with it okay. that's like oh, I'm just wearing like t-shirt and sweats and pants like, I don't want people to see me like for the most part I don't mind okay. at all <laughs> okay okay For those of you who don't know, this podcast is produced by Poet X, Malaysia's first ever poetry podcast. Check them out at Poet X Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And now, back to the episode. Okay, okay. Do you ever get compared to other female singers? Other female singers? I feel like... It's something that you have to face, especially okay. if you wear the hijab. Right, yeah. Because people will, will like, you know, compare you to other singers out there who are also wearing the hijab. And then like, I mean like, without saying Yuna is the yeah. first like person the f- that immediate. pops up. Yeah, exactly. The first female singer, Malaysian female singer, and then like wearing a turban and making a name. So whoever else that is like following up after that is going to get compared yeah. either way. Yeah. But... I don't find it like offensive I'm not defensive about it because if you do it solely out of like passion and you have your own thing going on you don't have to worry about it I don't mind getting compared it's actually an honour even mm. to be honest like to be compared to like you know big names and even if like other female singers in the Malaysian music industry even they're not like you know international singers or whatever I think you can't run away from it it's something that you just have to face and you just have to, I just have to keep reminding myself that I know who I am. Like, you know, people want to compare me to have whoever it is, but it doesn't matter to me because as long as you know who you are and you know what you're doing and you know what you're growing, going for, that's all that matters. It's basically how you carry yourself. Yeah. You know, don't, don't have to get offended by, you know, being compared to, you know, sometimes it's flattering. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's flattering that you even thought of it that way. <laughs> <laughs> But like, like, I'm not that good yet. But you know what? If you're comparing me, I'm, I might as well try to yeah, be as good, right. you know? Yeah. Try to aspire to be yeah, at that level, yeah. right? Try to like get inspired by their success. Because you can take things positively or negatively. Even if you, people compare you to other singers out there. And another hijab-wearing singer that I really love is Najwa. You know Najwa yeah. Mahyadin? Yep. She is amazing life. She sounds just like her recordings. And whenever I watch her, it's like... You punya bulu roma meremang. Yeah, she has yeah. like that kind of vocals, that specific kind of vocals that just like carries you throughout in her music. It's like you just lose yourself watching her life. And I totally love that. 
And Yuna now she's like she exerts a certain type of female power, you know. And I love it. I watched her at Good Vibes recently. Mm. She was amazing. She was amazing, and it's amazing to see how far she's come. How she was also this reserved hijab wearing girl playing the guitar, auditioning for one in a million. Yeah, I think, I think yeah. it was one in a million. Yeah. And now she's like at this point in life where you know she knows what she's doing. She knows who she is, and like she even like has dances and she dances. During her performances this, this now, this current version yes, of Yuna, yes, the right? Yeah, the is totally yeah. different, and yeah. I love it. I okay. absolutely love it because she's like, I don't care what people want to say. If I wear the hijab, it's dance. It's not like I'm trying to be sexual. You know, it's just like another type of, um, basically expression. So it's art in a way also. So why does it bother you? Even if it does bother you, then that's you and your own problem. It has nothing yeah. to do with me, basically. <laughs> And and all of these like like female uh, Malay Muslim uh, celebrities who are doing like amazing things, right? They yeah, are like yeah. tracking. Do you do you feel like it's like a pathway to follow, or do you just feel like okay, I could just be there, but I have to track my own way there? Um, it, it's hard to say because you wouldn't know exactly in detail yeah. what was the path that they took, because we basically see where they are now and where they were, but behind the scenes, we don't know what they had to go through. Everyone has their own stories. Even I have my own struggles with myself, or whether it like with other people around me, or it's just me in my own, you know, self in your like inner conflicts. But I feel like it's hard to like. But it's okay if like I want to see like, oh, how did they do it? Basically, because I know for a fact that um, Yuna, I think she mentioned that she forked out her own money to like. Print out and publish and record like her EP, oh, her first okay. EP. I think she forked out like a, f- a couple of thousands to like you know get it yeah. out there, and like it's one thing that I have to keep in mind, especially if you're doing this on your own, you're not under a label, so like you basically you have to try to fund yourself. Yeah. And I think those are one of the things that you can look up to these people who has basically made it. Like, see what what did they do to get where they are. Like I know, like they have to knock on a lot of doors. They have to reach out to people. You know, like show your demos in their faces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like I'm trying to do that also. Like my friend gave me the idea. You know what? Maybe you should just have like a home recorded demo before you actually record properly. Just have like a rough acoustic demo of your songs that you can give to people that people can listen to. Because right now I have no properly fully recorded songs online or wherever. So you know what? That's actually a good idea. So you know, you give it to people. People listen. They know how you sound like. They know if they like you. Then they'll come by your other shows because they're already listening to your songs from the CD. So yeah, those are the things that I think um, ways of like other people that you can follow. You know, but like other than that, like their own struggles, like to get where they are. Different people have different backgrounds and different stories and different things that they have to go through to be where they are now. So you know, understand and like analyze your own. Life and where you are, your own story. Basically, understand that and like see what you can do to like reach your goal. Like every day, like reach closer to your goals. Yeah. Mm. And how do you stay sane? How do I stay sane <laughs> <laughs> with like all of the things that's going on? For me personally, I always say, if you need to take a time off, take the time off. Like if you keep going, keep going, keep going. Eventually, you're gonna have like a burnout. I always remind myself, okay, if you don't feel like it today. Get some things done, but if you can't face people, don't face people. Just but be productive in your own ways. Like little things, get little things done, because the little things add up eventually. So, if I'm like too overwhelmed by anything, I'll like try to talk through it with myself. Sometimes I talk to myself. Sometimes do you do that? Yeah, baby. yeah, we all do. <laughs> yeah. We all do. It doesn't yeah. mean you're insane. Yes. <laughs> It's, it's just it's a, a way, way of processing. Process, yeah, yeah, process and like talk keep out loud, like in head. Sometimes <laughs> in my way? head. Sometimes I talk out loud. In like the in car, the mirror, like in the car, right. or like yeah. by myself. Sounds familiar. Yeah, right. Sounds familiar. Yeah. So like, and <laughs> sometimes it helps to talk to other people as well, and like it helps you process also. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you don't really need people to throw advice at you. Sometimes you just need them to listen, and I think it's healthy to have people that you are comfortable. With and that you can like you know share your thoughts, which get like oh I tengah serabut sebenarnya I've been like in my head I've been thinking a lot about this and about this and about this and sometimes you in your own head can get very messy sometimes, so you need outsiders like um view or outsiders you know pers like percep 
perception. Yeah. So like they'll throw in their thoughts and then like it's up to you how you want to analyze it. And it helps you process. Basically, I believe in like going through the process of what you're feeling. Basically, don't don't just like shut yourself out. Like, you know, like if you feel a certain kind of way, then like try to analyze like why do you feel this way? Like why is it like driving you so like crazy or why are you overwhelmed by this whole situation? So yeah. Okay. Have you experienced burnout? I creative have, life like, burnout. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have like if we're talking about like the creative side, I've gone through phases where I just cannot move, like cannot do anything like music wise. I just like put it aside. I don't play the guitar. I don't write new songs. I don't sing songs. I don't post anything. I don't even go to shows. Wow. I just like much um, you know, stay at home, do other things, focus on other things. And I think sometimes you need that because when you come back to it, you're refreshed. You're <laughs> you're refreshed. <laughs> so you're like, ah, okay. I needed that time off, you know, to like much um. Keep yourself sane. Like you asked me, how yeah. do you keep yourself yeah, sane? Exactly, yeah, right? yeah. Basically, like yeah, I just take the time off if I feel the need to. But sometimes I have to like tell people that because I have friends who are helping me in working like on songs and whatever, sure. and I have to let them know. Even Maya, my friends, sometimes be like, uh, I I'm just really not feeling yeah. it. Like I'm sorry, it's not you guys. It's just I need to like you know, like be by myself and just like process things, and then I'll come back and get to it and get things done. Yeah. But how do you like? So, is that conversation an easy one to have to be able to tell? You know, hey, experiencing this for moment. For me, yeah, I mean, like after going through those kind of phase, like a few times, I realized that if you need to take a time off, just let people know. I think people can respect that, like they can understand also because I'm sure everyone else has been through this also. Yeah. Where they need to step back, like you know, hit pause, and you know, just like. Rest your brain from like you know thinking about this certain thing. Focus on this particular thing. You need to time take a time off and just do other things for a moment. So yeah, I've learned to just like be vocal about it, like like try to let people know that it really is just me trying to process my own like insecurities or emotions or feelings or whatever. And but then, don't like be away for too long, lah. Just yeah. you know take time off, you know refresh or whatever. Then get back to it. Just like what yeah. is too long. Too long, I don't know. Don't like go like so many months okay. being silence. Like just completely vanishes. Just completely vanishes. Yeah, where are you? Yeah. What happened to you? You yeah. know, people are also worried about you. But I think you owe it to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is, if it if you don't feel good doing it, don't do it. Because I've learned that the hard way. Also, I try to push myself to you know because people say I should do it because people say I should go for it. But me myself, I don't feel like good going through the um, situation. Like and then you just like it eats you up inside, bit by bit, and it's not healthy. If you feel like declining, just decline politely. If you feel like you cannot do it, or for me personally, if you think you cannot do the show, don't feel like you're obligated to. Just like politely say, "I'm sorry, I I cannot take this up." It's fine. Mm. It's fine because you know there are other opportunities. But you owe it to yourself to always do things that you're okay with. Don't do things if you're not okay with it. Yeah. How do you check in with yourself? Like, what's that process like to um, check in with yourself to be like, oh, uh, do I want to say yes to this? Do I not want to say yes mm-hmm. to this? How does that work for you? For most times, um, for me, I just like think about where I am now. Um, am I okay? Like my mindset. Am I in the right mindset to be doing this? Um, if I feel like if I take up the offer and then like I'm I'm just gonna beat myself up too much about it later on and just feel bad about it in the end and then if I'm supposed to perform and I don't even give a good performance and then I beat myself after, you know then maybe it's not the best for you to take it up. But now I'm in a situation where I'm okay taking up offers or like performances, paid gigs or open mics or you know if I feel like I'm in the mode of like. Let's do this. Just yeah. like keep going. If I'm in that mode and I'm in that phase, I'll just like do it. Yeah, you'll take it all. Yeah, 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 I'll take it all. But because for the experience and you learn, and then you improve. Because the whole point of me just go going out and do shows is like I want to learn more, I want to experience more, I want to improve more, I want to be better at what I do and my craft or whatever. So, but if it comes to a point where I'm really so tired, I really cannot. Then I'll just say I'm sorry. The time is not good. Maybe next time. But I'll I'll tell people that please like reach out. 
Again, yeah. next time if you think like you know you want to call me for shows or whatever, you want to ajak me to join in on anything, let me know. But now is probably not a good time. Then just like apologize and everything. Mm. Yeah, I mean like with other people, it's just communicating. You know, you communicate if you communicate properly and people understand. Yeah, you know, people understand. I'm sure mm. they do. Okay, and how do you take care of yourself as a creative, as an artist? Um, I mean, take care of myself in what sense? Um, okay, let's maybe let's go on the creative standpoint, right? Mm. How do you take care of yourself creatively to ensure that you are constantly able to yeah, yeah. perform, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, um, if we're talking about like performing, um, I have to make sure that I am able to sing. Obviously, mm. if my voice is not going to come out if I have a sore throat or whatever. Obviously, I'm not going to be able to do shows. Obviously, yeah. I cannot be. I won't be able to sing. So I try to, you know, be healthy in the sense of what I consume. I try to keep my throat healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I should be doing more vocal exercises and warm ups, but I'm. I don't. But I should be. <laughs> I try to remind myself to do it every time, like before I have a show. But to be honest, I know that it's good to do it every day. So I'm trying to train myself to try and do that every day, like you know. Um, other than that, I think, yeah, yeah. Okay. For the most part, it's like just try to be healthy mm. and like just try to communicate with people and also myself. And creatively, I think, go out and experience things and observe things because I feel that's where most of us draw inspiration from. Basically, you write things because you experience them or because yeah. you're feeling things, or like it's based off of you know observation. Or it's just your opinions on certain matters. So I think going outside, going to shows or events or exhibitions even, or just if you walk around anywhere and just people watch. I like to people watch sometimes. I'll hop on the train and just watch people. Like mm-hmm. Not watch lah. Like, it sounds so creepy. It sounds so creepy, right? But just like sitting observe, in the corner just like staring. Observe, you know, the human behavior. I'm so intrigued by human behavior. You know? And like those things actually like help your creative juices flow. And then like, I always have a notebook with me or I always have my phone with me where I jot down things. Sometimes I just write a few lines, which may or may not end up as a song. Sure. But it just helps that you just write stuff. Yeah. Even if it doesn't end up as anything, but you know, you let it out. And then you just keep on doing it, keep on doing it. And that's how you train yourself to keep on being creative. Yeah. Sometimes it's not even writing. Sometimes it's not even music. Sometimes I do like DIY stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah, like I have like a, a plank of wood with like nails on and then like the string art that ends up looking like a butterfly. I used to like making my own jewelry. Sometimes I do, you know, like friendship, friendship bracelets. Sometimes I DIY birthday cards. Yo, I haven't heard the word friendship bracelets friendship in bracelets so in a long, long time, <laughs> right? Yeah, because my sister recently, which I'm like, um, googling it and then like we had like you know extra strings at home yeah. she was doing it like oh I used to do this a lot it's cool right it's yeah cool. everybody yeah, would yeah. learn how to do yeah. it yeah and it's really cool and it's one of the ways that you know one of the the many creative outlets that you can go to it, like if I'm tired of like doing not tired but like, I'm like so done with music sometimes yeah, like yeah. I want to do other things yeah. then I'll go find stuff to do like DIY stuff okay. so you, you know, always find a way to like keep the creativity consistent lah, yeah, right? even yeah, if it's yeah. not necessarily the medium that you're primarily yes, in yes yes because hmm. it helps your brain uh, to like you know be creative consistently so when you get back to what you actually do it actually helps it actually you know improves your work because you've been like you know working your brain around like doing other things you know draw you know some people draw some people doodle some people just like do beautiful fonts on a piece of paper and that's art to me too that's true you know even if you just take paint and splash it on a piece of canvas that's art too you know but like these are like different ways that you can go to to like have your creative juices flow like, and I feel like it's important because sometimes you're just like, oh, I'm a musician. That's what I do. I'm a singer. That's all I do. But actually, there are other things. It doesn't have to be good. It's just like, you know, an activity that you do to keep yourself going. Like, oh, I feel like going out and experience other things today. And I think it's fun. Just enjoy life, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's Will You Still? And? Will You Still? And I think the other song I want to do is my Malay song, if I remember the chorus. So this is Will You Still. Um, I wrote this like a few years back. Will you still listen Even when your heart's heavy Even when you're 
Ketahan dan no reaction. Okay, awesome. Alright. Cool. So do we move on to the next? Song? Yeah, jump. Let's go there. Then we'll come back and like dissect it. Usa kau pergi. So this song I think I wrote like around probably two years ago. This is like probably the only Malay song that I have <laughs> really? and that I perform. Okay, okay. I don't think I have lots of Malay written songs, but this song means a lot to me. So I always decide to play this song as the last song mm. in my set. So I usually end it with this song. Saat ini ku terfikir apa mungkin ini kali terakhir untuk menatap wajahmu yang indah seperti selalu. Usa kau pergi jauh Maafkan aku Bila jarak dan waktu memisahkan Kini ku sedia berlari Merentasi semua tanpa henti Hingga tiba masa kita kembali Hingga Tiba masa kau di sisi hmm. um, this, the Both songs mm-hmm. have a very similar vibe mm-hmm, yeah. right? Do you see that as the vibe of like say your collection, yeah, your first um, album? The way my friend puts it, it's like I mean, I've always thought of myself like going for a more R&B soul kind of route But it's also more if you listen to most of my songs They have like this dark tone to it mm. And I think it's interesting for me also Because I'm not usually a dark person um, I'm usually kind of like upbeat and positive um, but when I write songs I guess that's just my way of like you know the dark side of me coming out but it's basically in songs so my writings my songs usually have that that darkness to it okay. it's not dark lah but like yeah, you know yeah, slightly yeah. more somber sure. yeah yeah because like when I when I heard Will you still? And then you went into the second song. I was just like, I want an album of this <laughs> just to play Ooh. with like a notepad, like a journal, yeah. like while it's raining, and just yeah, sit and yeah, write. Yeah, it'd be yeah. like, nice. it'll be just such like this wonderful, yeah, yeah. like inspirational. I hope when when I come out with like uh, an album or even like just an EP, I hope that's what people do with my songs. You know, they listen to it and like it helps them you know, process things and it helps them take them into a zone where they themselves want to write stuff. That's really interesting mm. that you said that, yeah. Cool. And let's let's talk a bit about Will You Still. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the word play. Yeah. Right? The fact that you use the word still will and then you flip oh, it around. Yeah, yeah, like, still. I, that, I don't that, even know how that happened. Okay. It's just like a question. I'm just like, will you still this? And will you still that? Yeah. And then like it just ended up. And because will you still comes up... Um, a, Quite a number of times throughout the song, so it just felt it just felt right that that's the title. Right. Will you still? And you flip it right, like because there's one bit where you go. I think yeah, if yeah. you still if will, if you still will, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's like the end of the chorus. I think if you still will, okay, yeah. And what what inspired this song? So this song, I think I wrote like years back, and it's been in my my phone or in my notebook for so long. I haven't performed it ever. Um, Ever? Up, on, up until recently oh, okay. <laughs> But like so before like, I this like, I mean okay. like when I wrote it okay. I didn't perform I sure. didn't perform it anywhere um, I actually wrote it about um, I think My friends were having like a Like an argument And then one of them was like telling me uh, 
how they feel about it and like they don't know if like you know we can still you know be in a friendship you know if I'm gonna if you, this this friend is still gonna be around still gonna be accepting of you or whatever despite whatever it is that you've done and I think as a person being in the middle of that situation macam I just put myself in a situation where I wanna put my take on it like if it, because it affects me in a sense like they're both my friends also yeah. so I feel like I if I lose any of you guys it's going to feel like difficult so it comes out as a question like will you still like will you still listen even when your heart's heavy even when you're burdened because you know when you're close to people you know you talk to them but if whatever happens like are you still going to be there is it going to be the person that I can come up to and talk about stuff so throughout the song it's basically just like a bunch of questions like questioning um this other person like will you still you know like will will we still be this kind of like friends you know will we still be for each other uh, whenever wherever um as it, as it moves forward actually it gets slightly different because if you don't mind the yeah, bridge <laughs> the go. bridge goes but pack up your mess if you think you've had enough of my bs If you think I'll falter because you ain't here, you must not know me that well. With all of that said, if you think we can work this out, then let's. Okay. Because it's like, I feel like with any relationship or even friendship, right? You, you owe it to yourself to like, like people come and go. So even if they go, it doesn't mean you're broken. You're still you, you're still whole. But you just miss this one person or this other part of you. But... Saying that, if we can fix it, why not? You yeah. know, why lose the friendship? Why lose the relationship just because of one occurrence or one thing? So yeah, that's basically what the song is about. It's about like questioning, like, will you still be there? Because I still will. I'm still willing to put in effort to make this friendship work or this relationship work. And like, if you're still up for it, then I am too. Because relationship works both ways, right? Yeah. If it's just feet. you, it's just you, which is why the questioning, because if it's just you, then there's no point to it, which is why I say, pack up your mess if you think you've had enough, basically. Because like, if you don't want to be in this friendship or relationship, then what's the point? So like, I can't be the only one trying and trying. But if both sides are still willing, then why not? Hmm. Yeah. I think this, what I like, Uh, that the thought that just came to me is earlier as we were talking you mentioned this idea that people perceive different things from mm-hmm. your music mm-hmm. but what I think was I think we just saw I suppose the universal nature of writing like this or mm-hmm. songs because mm-hmm. I think a person listening to it who has issues with their siblings would relate Can? issues like yeah. friends like yeah. I, my immediate thought was love song yeah. like this is two exes yeah. like that's my yeah. immediate right yeah. but it could fit anything like if you're having exactly. problems with like say an estranged parent yeah true there's, there's lines exactly. in there like, will you still listen will you still be there yeah. will you still be around even when you're hurting are you still around to like you know help me pick pick myself up also the same like how I will do the same for you yeah it, like you said it, it applies to a lot of different contexts and that's what's beautiful about songs also like I said earlier on like mm. you know different people will relate to it differently and it's okay even if that's not what the song initially is you know what it's what's about initially is what's about initially what is about <laughs> Will you still have to balik and now I talk about the balik the balik but like your yeah, actual yeah, conversation yeah. is becoming lyrics yes, already. Yes, okay, yes. let's talk about Usa Kau Pergi. Mm. Um, inspiration? Usa Kau Pergi is actually one I dare say one of my most meaningful songs okay. uh, for me because I actually wrote it for my late grandma, okay. and I tell people this every time I perform it at my show because I know like some some people when they perform a song. They don't really want people to know what it's about. Which I'm like, what is it exactly about? Like, it's up to you how you want to take it. But for this song, personally, I tell people that I wrote it for my late grandmother because I did. And I want to, like, make this, like, a piece of gift for her as well. That, like, she inspired me to write this piece and, like, I'm performing it for people and I'm sure that people out there can relate to Usaka Pergi. Because I actually wrote it when she was really sick and she was hospitalized in Ipoh. Oh, I'm going to get a bit emotional. But, like, uh, because we stay in KL yeah. and um, my, grand, my late grandma used to stay with us, but then she moved to stay with my uncle. So, once in a while, we'll go back to Ipoh um, to, like, you know, visit her and my uncle's family. 
But you know when you're like in two different states and then you know you get busy, your yeah. family get busy, sometimes you don't spend as much time and like Sudasudaja she's already getting very sick yeah. and like she's already hospitalized. Yeah. And I'm like I feel so bad because I feel like there's so much like missed time still that you can spend with your loved ones. And Osaka Pergi is basically an ode to that like you know um not wanting people to go yet. Yeah. You know, like I'm not ready to have you like leave me. Like I still want to spend time with you. Um but it's going to happen eventually and it's basically like coming to terms with it also. Um but the whole song is the process of me just like letting myself know or like remind myself to you know what? Don't don't like delay if you feel like you want to spend time with your loved ones. Do it because you don't know how much time is left. So Usaka Pergi is actually a reminder of that. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so we've reached the final four questions okay. of the podcast. Uh, they're meant to be rapid fire. Mm-hmm. So, like first thought, like oh, you know, okay, all right. yeah, okay. Um, and so the the first two questions are connected. So imagine someone is just now only starting in the industry. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a brand new creative, mm-hmm. regardless of medium, mm-hmm. and um, they're just getting started and things like that. Mm-hmm. And as someone who's been in the industry, what creative advice mm-hmm. would you give this new person? I would say like the same advice that I gave myself if you want to do something just do it just try it just challenge yourself don't like hold yourself back too much because I think I did that I did that for a while and I'm I wasn't really moving forward and like you know I wasn't moving I was stagnant so I try to remind myself you know what just keep challenging yourself just keep on doing and even if for me personally even if I write songs not for other people to hear but just write just write the songs just compose the songs even if you keep it in your phone nobody hears it anyway whenever forever but it's okay because being a creative person and like wanting to put out your your creative stuff you have to keep on doing it because the moment you stop and then like you try to get back on it because i've had phases like that you try to get back on it and it's very difficult because you cannot you you just somehow cannot the you resistance hit is like, very strong yes, right it's very yeah. strong so which is why people say they let your creative juices flow the creative juice i don't know it's like i don't know why people say creative juice but it's basically <laughs> like you know it flows through your body so like yeah. you do things you want to be creative do creative things let it flow and it'll eventually come to you more and more and more the more you experience it okay. so just keep doing what you love doing nice. don't do it for other people first do it for yourself first which is why even if you do it and you keep it not for other people to see it's fine yeah. eventually you come up with stuff that you are okay with sharing with people yeah cool and what life advice would you give this new young creative life advice i say based on my own experience don't be too hard on yourself you know don't be too hard on yourself cuz i i beat myself a lot sometimes like about like whenever i make mistakes and yeah don't be scared to make mistakes because like i said i've been in a situation where maybe if i don't sing loud enough people won't hear if i make a mistake but that's not how you go about it if you're going to do it do it all out and don't be scared to like make mistakes because you learn from it trials and errors you know experimentation just just do basically okay and you somewhat answered this but let me know if there's a different answer to mm-hmm. it what advice would you give your younger self my younger self I would say the same thing yeah I just yeah. said just now like I maybe don't overthink stuff too much because I'm the kind of person who thinks a lot also it's always ideas in my head but I think too much it, the idea doesn't happen mm. because I cuz it's just thinking yeah, yeah yeah it's just thinking and it's all in your head and you're like oh if I do this how it's going to end up will it be good will it be bad but like you you you're in your head it hasn't happened yet so just just you know take up any opportunities and like don't don't hold off for too long don't hold yourself back basically no to be honest nobody is holding you back but yourself so if you're not going to do it nobody nobody can make you do it so you know it's all up to you so if i can tell my younger self one thing i would say just go for whatever you want to go for you know yeah stop thinking too much basically okay. i i think too much all the time <laughs> but yeah i try to remind myself you know what you're thinking too much focus okay you want to do it let's go for it just do it okay. like how we happen to be here today yeah. i wasn't sure if i was going to say yes and i was actually a bit late but i thought if i say later later might be never yeah you know so if i'm since i'm free then why not yeah. like i said i didn't even prepare much but like you said there's nothing to prepare yeah. it's just I'm a conversation like, you know what, exactly just jump yeah. on this yeah yeah okay yeah. last question so what advice would you give uh, to me mm-hmm. uh, from one creative to another one human to another mm-hmm. what advice could you possibly leave me with 
I would say like basically what you've mentioned earlier be open to more collaborations mm. and like be open to going out and experiencing other other what you call it lah other creative side of the community because mm. I do that too sometimes like I go to poetry events I don't even do poetry yeah. but debatable. I, like, I, I mean <laughs> debatable. debatable now that you that you mentioned it earlier but I like going to these kinds of events and like ex- experiencing the vibe that people give off you know like the energy that people give off at these events you feed off of it then you come back home and you reflect on the things you've watched and the things you've listened and like when I DM'd you about your poem right yeah. the other day I do that sometimes like I go and watch a show I haven't been to a theatre show in a long time I wish I will in, yeah. in, in the near future but yeah I like to go out and like experience all these things that even I'm not involved in but you know it, it opens up your views okay. basically yeah right. Cool. We are actually done. Yeah. So Hala, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank for you for singing to us. Thank <laughs> you for having this wonderful conversation, and thank, thank you for the songs you're writing, the yes, stories you're telling. Thank you so much for like allowing me to share that with you also. Yeah. The Creative Curry Podcast is produced by Podex. Huge shout out to my producers Safwan Sirik, Hanis Farah, and Azam Rais. This episode is also edited by Safwan Sirik. The show is created and hosted by me, Dinesha Katigesu. You can find me and my work online at dinesha.com. D-H-I-N-E-S-H-A.com Thank you for listening. I hope this podcast inspires you to keep telling the stories that you are telling. Thank you.